0: This week, we begin in Prairie View, where a routine traffic stop snowballs itself into scandal and an untimely death. We then head north, far out of Texas, where a serial rapist and murderer spends decades preying on young girls. Welcome to episode 40 of Texas 1031.
1: everyone this is Cassie and Hannah this is Texas 1031 and this is a Texas true crime podcast we cover the lesser known murder cases and crime stories (laughs) that occur in Texas (laughs) uh Cassie is first this episode but before we start you want to talk about uh recommendations discussions things that are happening
0: yeah uh first thing I want to recommend is we talked about it last week but go to Keepyourcoal.com. Um, the promo code for our lovely friends, natural cut stone with pendants and, you know, house, home and office, jewelry, to the jewelry stuff. It's awesome. Everything. It's beautiful. Um, the promo code is still active. It's death by stone, 15 death by stone, 15. Um, but she's doing, cause this is perfect for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So she's doing, um, she's offering free shipping. I believe um, on a minimum purchase and mm. then free gift wrap on any the one single item. gift wrap is so cute, it's too. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: I saw that. I was like, dang, she like hired. I don't know if she took those pictures, but the pictures of the shit that she's saying like, hey, just the photo of like yeah. your gift wrapping is really nice. So
0: really cool. It, and one of her big things good. she uses all sustainable packaging mm-hmm. and wrapping yeah. and stuff. So you're supporting a local Texas business. So that's my first recommendation yeah. because it, the holidays are coming and it's so stressful. So just make it easy on yourself yeah. and pick some beautiful pieces. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have things?
1: Um, so, yeah, I'd have a couple of recommendations and like one sort of news-ish thing. So the first thing I'll recommend is that um, I kind of quit listening to Case File, which is an Australian podcast. This guy does amazing research. But I decided I had nothing to listen to. Like I was empty. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on with him? And um, I listened to the three-part series of The Toy Box Killer. Oh. And um, I knew about him and his wife but like i didn't know all the details like it was always brushed over and i know that last podcast on the left did a i think it was like maybe just a one episode thing i
0: think it was just one
1: and i i feel like i've read stuff like in that serial killer quote book there's like actual audio tape transcriptions from him and it was Mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying i was super creeped out so if you want a good post halloween scare go listen to fucking case filed toy box killer series
0: nice um
1: and then i wanted to mention that let's not meet is transitioning into all deadly things. So I tweeted. It's a sad day. But it's. And he liked the tweet, by the way. I'm oh, like, did so he? Cool. Yeah, so cool. Know, Thanks, right? Andrew. Um, but it's actually really good. So it's very similar to Creepy. The podcast Creepy with the creepy pastas and stories. But I guess they are his personal not maybe personal stories, but these are his fictional stories that yeah. maybe he's coming up with, and they're actually really well done. So, Or the first one I've listened to was really well done.
0: That's awesome. So okay. um,
1: you can tell the difference. It's not like he's reading someone else's kind of shitty grammar and sentence structure. Mm-hmm. It's actually very nice. So go support him. He uh, he honestly seems like he's kind of having a hard time. So yeah. go and be a pal. Um, But the last thing that I want to mention, we had a lady message us on Facebook about the case that I covered Uh, back in august i guess um of jacqueline michelle graham she gave us a shit ton of insight and information on the case um most of which i don't think we can honestly even and shouldn't divulge on the podcast um but we just wanted to say thank you for reaching out and confirming slash denying some of our questions and theories about suspects and the situations they're in so we didn't want to (laughs) <laughs> honestly we didn't have time to, to message you back and be like oh my god let's talk about this yeah Um. so we didn't want you to think if you're listening that we don't care but it was a lot of information yeah that we had to sift through and uh, we just want to say thank you and just thanks it yeah. was very informative
0: and we're really sorry that Absolutely. it's still being dredged up for yeah. you because it, apparently a lot of things she couldn't say because mm-hmm. there's a possibility it's of people being looked into yeah. yeah so it's just that sucks. Yeah. yeah. So I mean,
1: hey, if it gets in the news and it actually happens, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what plays out. So yeah. For justice sure. for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything you want to
0: talk about? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a short congratulations to my friends Rolando and Gabby because hey. I know they listen every once in a while, so just in case they hear this, their wedding was beautiful and it made me cry very very much. Of course. I'll kind of finish up my recommendations with the reason I chose this case. Um, the new season of Serial is out mm-hmm. and they are covering um, just one Cuyahoga County in um, Cleveland, Ohio. So covering um that court and kind of what it snowballed into was police misconduct. and is there all a of specific that that case? On. There's one that she ends up following for like three episodes, and mm-hmm. it's a juvenile who was used to um, testify against the gang he was part of and then put oh, right wow. back into Juvie with those gang members. So he's being targeted, and it's just.
1: How do adults in power do and live their life? That's what I want to Yeah,
0: know, they but. don't give a shit about anyone. So yeah. this
1: has a correlation with the case that you're going to be talking about, kind of?
0: Yes, because it got me thinking about police brutality, and I've wanted to cover this case for a really long time, but I knew it would make me very angry. So mm-hmm. buckle up, everybody. We're going to talk today about Sandra Bland. Yay. So we're going to begin with a conversation between office, Officer Brian Insinia and Sandra Bland.
1: Not to interrupt you before you start, but no. this is a very famous yes. and controversial and big deal for any and all races and communities and jobs. Like it mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge injustice in yes. spe- specifically happening in Houston. Yeah. Okay.
0: And we're gonna talk about specifics why it was so unjust i will preface i'm glad you said that because i will preface it by saying i am not here to slam the police Mm -hmm. i'm not here to that's not my aim with this um questions and theories will kind of teeter over that but we'll talk about that more so in general i am presenting the facts of the case as i read them so officer incinia would you mind putting out your cigarette please if you don't mind sandra bland I'm in my car, why do I have to put out my cigarette? Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. Step out of the car. You do not have the right. I do have the right. Step out of the car or I will remove you. I refuse to talk to you other than to identify myself. Insinia then tries to forcefully remove Bland from her vehicle. You can see he has the driver's side door open. He opened it um, and half his body is kind of inside the car. Sandra says she's calling her lawyer. He continues to try to remove her from the vehicle. She protests, saying that she's not under arrest.
1: Is this on his uh, video surveillance? This is on the dash cam footage, and he had a
0: microphone on his body. Yes. So, unfortunately, there's no actual body cam footage. Um, So, Insinia then says, you are under arrest. Sandra asked, for what? He continues ignoring her questions while, like I said, half his body is inside her vehicle. He yells, and I'm not even going to come close. I'm not even going to try to yell. He screams at her. It, it you can sh- find the audio online? You can watch the whole traffic oh, stop, shit. and I watched most of it, and okay. it's very upsetting. Um, This, like, it scared the shit out of me, yeah, and I'm absolutely. sitting at my home, so okay. he yells, Um. Get out of the car or I will light you up. And at this point, he is pointing his taser at her. Sandra Bland was pulled over that day for a failure to signal. Three days later, she would be dead. So Sandra Annette Bland was born February 7th, 1987 in a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Um, She was one of five sisters, the second youngest, born to a single mother who worked her ass off hardworking to support uh, her five daughters. Um, Sandra began playing trombone at a young age, and after high school graduation in 2005, she received a marching band scholarship from Prairie View A&M University in Prairie View, Texas, which is pretty close Mm -hmm. to Houston. She was in the Sigma Gamma Rho sorority, um, and after completing her agriculture degree at Prairie View in 2009, she uh, briefly moved back to Illinois. Um, but in January of 2015, the then 28 year old Sandra Bland began. Oh, this, I forgot, I kind of did a weird jump outside of a. So she, in January of 2015, the then 28 year old Sandra Bland began posting videos in a series she called Sandy Speaks on her social media. Siri just lit up. <laughs> um, so the subjects included personal struggles, like her struggles with um, PTSD and depression both not clinically diagnosed, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Um, parenting and police brutality. Huh. A quote pulled from one of her videos about um, the Walter Scott case says, "Quote for those of you questioning him running away, well, goddamn, because in the news, as we've seen as of late, you can stand there, surrender to the cops, and still be killed. found that pretty ominous. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know or remember, um, The Walter Scott case was in April of 2015. Walter was shot eight times in the back by a South Carolina police officer. He was unarmed. So it's now July 10th, 2015. Uh, The previous day, Sandra had actually accepted a position at her alma mater as community outreach coordinator. Um, And actually, while studying at Prairie View, she had been a summer counselor for three summers and volunteered at a senior citizens advocacy group. So this position was a really great fit, and she was over the moon, really, really excited. Um, She had just left the university and was on University Drive when Officer Brian Insinia, pulled her over for a failure to signal.
1: Can I ask what ethnicity both of them are, just to clarify? Brian, his
0: voter registration um, lists him as Hispanic. Okay. Um, he does appear white, so a lot of the articles list him as white, but mm. voter registration kind of trumps that. Uh, and Sandra is a black woman. Okay. So, and this is where I kind of, I could feel myself getting angry, especially after watching the videos, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about, but... I'm just going to list for you some of the facts of the case. Fact: He was writing her a warning. Also, fact: She refused to put out her cigarette. Officer Insinia began began yelling and trying to forcefully remove her from her vehicle. He says she's under arrest, and he won't say why. He threatens to taser her. Bland is admittedly agitated and angry and argumentative. Bland is also in the video moved out of sight of the dash cam after she gets out of her vehicle when he threatens to light her up um she has her phone in her hand she's trying to record mm-hmm. and he makes her put down the phone she's then moved to the far side presumably to be off i can i was trying to play devil's advocate presumably sure. to be away from the street um they're on the Almost more like a neighborhood street. It's not a busy street at all, although there are constantly a uh, stream of cars going by. But
1: still, you know, as a police officer, you don't stand on the street side. Right. You know, everyone goes to the less mm-hmm. traffic side. And yep. you also know. I mean, it's I don't want to say, you know, because I can't make that call. But I guarantee you the majority of them know where their camera ends and stop or yep. starts. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm like, sure. Of the view.
0: You can see. The sidewalk is in full view, and she's moved past that. Yeah. And so. maybe
1: it was just coincidence. It could have been. But it in the heat of been. the moment, we don't want to make that allegation, but
0: still. But still. It's very worth saying. Mm-hmm. You can hear Sandra saying that Officer Insinia is about to break her wrists. So at this point, she is handcuffed and kind of being manhandled. Um, and then a struggle is heard, and Insinia uses force. And even if
1: you've never had handcuffs on, it might feel like your wrists are breaking because it's super painful. So not to say she's being dramatic, but if it hurts, it hurts. Who cares?
0: She had had handcuffs on before at some point. I didn't want to go into her criminal background. No, Um, but from you really it's upsetting. But if you're interested in seeing the stop, I would watch the video. It's found on YouTube. Um, You can see the way he's struggling with her and Mm -hmm. she's not at this point resisting arrest but he's being very forceful and he's very angry Mm -hmm. so i can i can definitely see see,
1: almost like kind of trying to defend herself which might come across as resisting
0: right um sandra is heard off camera saying her head was slammed into the ground and she has epilepsy to this doctor (laughs) officer incinia says good Another officer is on scene at this point. You Wait, so he s- hits her into the ground and she says, stop,
1: I have epilepsy or like, how yeah. did that go? And she
0: says that she hit her head on the oh, ground okay. and she has epilepsy. OK. So kind of like a don't fucking trigger right. a seizure. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. She's not saying any of this in a calm, polite manner. She is cursing. Mm-hmm. She is calling him names. She is argumentative and combative. I do not blame her at all. Watching this video, I don't whatsoever um but it's worth mentioning that she was it wasn't wasn't like she was being a a little deer yeah exactly um his response to the epilepsy though i was just kind of like what the fuck fuck you um this other officer who some article said was his partner and was in the vehicle but that's not the case because you can see her in the dash cam you can faintly see police lights coming Mm -hmm. around and so she parks behind him and then he later says um hold her i'm gonna open your door and so he's opening the other cop Mm -hmm. car's door so some articles kind of got that wrong Mm -hmm. because the other cop that comes onto the scene is a female
1: and you don't hear him call for backup. you hear
0: him he's radioing for backup as he's trying to forcefully pull her out of the car Excuse me, he's radioing police codes, but he still has not yet given her a reason why she's under arrest.
1: So He's already calling for someone to come help him before Mm -hmm. any of this really happens. Before any of this
0: really happens.
1: Jesus Christ, what was his problem? I have
0: thoughts about that, yeah. So um, they claim that she resisted arrest. Bystanders are heard being ordered to leave. Insinia also claims that Bland kicked him. Again, this is all off camera. She is now officially under arrest for assaulting an officer and charged with assaulting a public servant. So <laughs> I will again say she was stopped that day for a failure to signal. She can be heard in the video as she's kind of getting out of the car. She's like, this is bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. I was fuck- a failure to signal. Fail- I was getting out of your way. So presumably she saw that there was a cop, right, that like maybe stopped on the side of the road. She was like, I'm going to get, gonna get over. Mm-hmm. And she didn't signal and he pulled her over. So and what time of day was this again? This was I couldn't find the exact time I tried, but this was afternoon. So I'm oh, assuming wow. around daylight, 1231, broad daylight, Jesus, broad daylight. Um, she had just left school. filling out yeah. paperwork okay. at the school she went to
1: to start her new job. And let me just say this now, because I just want to get this out of the way of that. I hate those cops that will sit and everyone's seen this. Everyone's been victim to this at some point in time where they sit and they wait for someone to roll through a stop sign to not use their blinker Mm -hmm. to speed five miles over in a residential neighborhood. And I feel like this is that kind of guy.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: waiting because why the fuck not? This I'm bored.
0: That's what pisses me off the most. I want our police officers are supposed to be there for our public safety. Right. So if they are sixty
1: and a thirty five, yeah. Pull someone over because you're fucking not You're breaking the law and you're Mm -hmm. being a danger to yourself and someone else. But
0: if they're sitting there waiting for someone to not use their blinker, like if they did that 20 miles in towards Houston, they would have to pull over a hundred nine out of 10 people. Exactly. It's just Mm. ridiculous. So Sandra is then taken to the Waller County Jail and placed in a solo jail, Mm -hmm. solo cell, sorry. Um, This was because officers felt that she would be a danger to other inmates.
1: Because of how erratic she she was acting. she kicked
0: him, yeah, and refused to put out a cigarette. Right. Yeah. So um, her bail for them claiming that she assaulted a public servant by kicking him, something not seen on the dash cam footage. A bail is set at $5,000. I'm
1: not surprised. Right. They take that shit seriously, which in some cases they should.
0: In some cases they absolutely yeah. should.
1: Um, But there's no proof that this actually happened. Right. Or didn't, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. How it happened is what I mean.
0: So her family was trying to secure the five hundred dollars needed for a bondsman Mm -hmm. but she is in the jail for three days um video is seen i don't see i'll kind of jump ahead a little i don't see how they thought she would be a danger to other inmates because the video is released also on youtube uh, her intake footage Mm. so you can see her walking in um she's taken to a bathroom by a female officer and given her clothes. She's mm-hmm. changing out and she's obviously upset, pissed off, but she's not mouthing off to anyone. She's not, she's just following the she orders. It a it's, fucking
1: concussion at this point.
0: Probably. And at this point she's like, well, goddamn, I'm already here. Right. But she knows, she says it multiple times during the arrest process. I can't wait to take you to court because she was a, she was an intelligent woman. She knew That what he was doing was not okay and was not right. So she's now in this jail in the intake and she's just like, I'm going to fucking take him to court and I'm going to win because I'm right in this because he was wrong in arresting me. So she wasn't.
1: No one likes a woman with an opinion. No.
0: Gosh, we're supposed (laughs) to stay behind the man. Yeah. So I don't see, I don't really know how they deemed this person coming into the intake center as too volatile to be with another inmate. Well,
1: I think at that point, it doesn't matter what happened, happened, and they're just basing it off of that. It doesn't matter your behavior from there on out.
0: Three days later, it is July 13th, 2015. At 6.30 a.m., Sandra refuses breakfast. 7 a.m., she tells an officer, I'm fine. At 8 a.m., she asks how to make a phone call, um, but she does this over the intercom provided in her cell. So a response back tells her to use a PIN code. No call is made from her cell. Mm -hmm. So she was not physically with or in person with an officer Mm -hmm. when she made this. She asked this. So that's important. Um, An hour later at 9 a.m., Sandra is found in a semi-standing position hanging in her cell by a small plastic bag. Quote, it just makes no sense. Sandy was a soldier. She wasn't phased about it. And this is coming from a friend who spoke with her while she was in jail. So outrage over her death um, after it was publicly announced the next day was national and immediate. Mm-hmm. Two days later, um, two days after it's announced, an online petition for an investigation into her death got tons of attention. Um, and then on July 17th, which is just five days after her I'm sorry, math is hard. Four days after her death, 150 protesters gathered outside the uh, Waller County Jail, chanting and holding vigils. By July 29th, at least 12 protests had been held in and around the area in Sandra Bland's honor. People were alleging racial racial profiling for the stop. So Waller County uh, Criminal Justice, they released the dash cam footage and the intake footage pretty quickly to dispel what they were calling um, attacks and threats on mm-hmm. the, which, you know, boohoo. hoo But, um, so they released that footage to kind of quiet some. And the dash cam footage does not help with the racial profiling claim right. at all.
1: What I mean, to be, f- not, uh, again, playing devil's advocate, to be fair, it's not like, he- maybe he could. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it's not, most likely it wasn't that he saw her, driving down the road from 30 feet in front of him and said, oh, that's a black chick. I'm going to pull her over. It was probably like, I'm pulling you over because I'm a dick and you didn't have your blinker on. And then maybe when he saw what race she was, then he escalated. I
0: think both are possible. Absolutely. They could be
1: because I don't know what the street looked like. I don't know what the area looked like. But to make it that general and immediately go to racial profiling could be a possibility. But I also think it could have turned into that maybe later I don't think it was like his maybe not I don't know but mm-hmm. I, I I don't know is that bad for me to say that like it just no. is it's just as bad to think that everyone's racially profiling as it is for people to racially profile does
0: that make sense it does be and what I will say is I think the evidence during the stop I think you're right it's possible that he didn't see her pass and go that was a black lady what can i get her on mm-hmm. oh she didn't signal i'm gonna pull her right. over i think that's too quick yeah of a
1: decision i mean he could be a full-on racist but he's what? also minority what? himself so i mean you'd think that there would be some ally I mean, there, there is that but whole
0: thing where yeah. blacks and hispanics For are sure. supposed to hate each other i mean i remember in high school and junior high that was always said and i was like i don't understand and maybe that, it, it wasn't but.
1: even that she was it might have just turned into that after she was like fuck you. I'm not putting out my cigarette. You That's know? exactly and what I think it, it was. It turned into like, you have an attitude problem with me. I'm going to take I you think down. he
0: was, and we're skipping ahead just a Sorry. little. No, no, no. But it's important to say because I think what happened is he pulled her over for something minor that normally you wouldn't get pulled over for at all. Maybe it was near the end the of warning. the month. Yeah, Maybe he exactly. needed to hit a quota, yeah. but he was only going to give her a warning. Mm-hmm. But the minute she was a little bit rude or combative because she was like, what the fuck, man? And yeah. she didn't know she was getting a warning. He has to show her after he already cuffs her. So this is a full five minutes after the whole debacle. She, He asks her to put out her cigna- cigarette, which she is not lawfully required to do at all. You should comply with what a cop is telling you. But this is at the beginning of the police brutality really coming to light. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that fear, I, I know African-Americans say that they grow the, up with that fear, yeah. but I, I think she was more kind of in a, in the this is bullshit. Sense. She move. was more
1: like, I'm not going to stand for this. Yeah. You know, and, and I think didn't think this could happen to her. He
0: thought. I think he used a racist generalization to say she's being combative. I'm going to have her step out of the car. Because something else is going on. She's a criminal. I think he used a racial bias to escalate it. Because he says, will you please put out your signature if mm-hmm. you don't mind? And She says, why do I? She asks a question. And then he says, nope, oh, nope, get out of the car. Right. So I think he was looking for something to kind of allow him to escalate mm-hmm. it a little. And the fact that she's a woman, I write later that I think he could be a misogynist. And the fact that she was a woman, giving him a little pushback, mm-hmm. plus the fact that she was black, so he might already assume, this is all this is all speculation, yeah. um, not, but the fact that he might have already assumed her to be a criminal <clears throat> just on her race, I think that's why it went to where it went so quickly.
1: You know what so. I think is actually pretty astonishing is that, and this isn't, again, a racial thing, but... Prairie View A&M is a predominantly African-American college. It's a college. historically black college. And so you're going to pull someone over on University Drive that might have just pulled out of the school. I don't want to sound, you know, whatever. We have to be very careful with how we phrase things in mm-hmm. this episode. But, I mean, nine times out of ten, it might be an African-American person. So, Was that, what that your are you, goal?
0: Was that your, I don't are know. you hoping that you pull a black person over and you smell pot in the car so now you get? I there mean, are probably some people out there
1: that do, but I would yeah. hope that in law enforcement yes. it wouldn't be the case. We yes,
0: we're but I mean, we're gonna really we're gonna do a lot of speculation. Otherwise. Yeah, our hope would always be that my hope would just merely be that he's a raging misogynist mm-hmm. and couldn't handle that a woman was giving him pushback. I would really, really, really hate hate to fucking think that she ended up dying because he was a racist, but. I 100% see how people think this was a racial racially profiled stop.
1: But I also think that, you know, sorry, we can get back to it. No. I just wanted to, one last thing. I also think that police are trained to sense and, and and feel out the combative attitude and behavior. And they're on high alert for that kind of thing. And so they take it, I don't want to say personally or like too sensitively. But they're trained to do so because... People lie. People pull one over on you. People are assholes and you have to stay on top and be alpha, dog, male, whatever person and take control of the situation. It doesn't mean it's right, right? but it's like I almost understand his behavior from his training and what he's been taught to do.
0: in this situation, he had finished. He was about to hand her over and say, ma'am, I'm giving you a warning. He decides... I don't would want the you cigarette mind? smoke. Can do you mind? Like he was it wasn't there, being that bad. And we wouldn't have the the this entire portion of the conversation, and I don't think most people would. Um uh, at least not going in as much to the full stop, kind of cascading into a racial profiling. Um, but if there had been more, if she had said, Why do I have to put out my cigarette in my own car? Mm-hmm. He said, Ma'am, I really don't appreciate the smoke in my face. Could you just please yeah, put it out? Elaborate. Exactly. Instead of going straight to, Well, get, get out, out of the car. car. Now I want to because that's insinuating he wants to pat her down. He wants to put yeah. her under arrest. He wants to maybe search her car. Exactly. And he has no just cause. Right. She, got doesn't, butt hurt. she doesn't have to do any of that. Exactly. She, does, she didn't have to put out her no. cigarette. So uh, let's see. Sandra's death, which the no. autopsy had ruled a suicide, was called suspicious by Texas State Senator Royce West. And that leads us into the negligence by mm-hmm. Waller County Jail. Sandra told intake officers that she suffered from depression and had attempted suicide once before. That these should,
1: formal questions that they have to ask mm-hmm. in intake? Okay. So
0: have you... and
1: It wasn't like she just walked up to an officer and was like, hey, I, I way, feel suicidal. Or, right. I these are whatever. in her
0: intake questions right, on okay. her intake forms. Gotcha. That should have immediately put her on suicide watch. Immediately. Or at least some
1: special sort of the observation. The protocol is
0: observation and yeah. suicide watch. Um, so, hourly checks on inmates are also required. This did not happen. So, they did not put her on a suicide watch, and they also didn't do the bare minimum of hourly checks. Of course, because corrections officers are understaffed and underpaid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Right. So, guards also hadn't undergone the minimum minimum of just two hours of mental health training required by the state so no one's certified no one was certified wow so she's not put on suicide watch which kind of makes sense because they didn't know the fucking protocol because they didn't do the mental health training exactly two hours minimum two hours sit on your ass some sort of certification watch a video drink some coffee for two hours like How hard can that be? Um, And they did not do the bare minimum of their job by walking cell to cell and just putting eyes on the human beings in the ward of their care. So um, in 2016, the time of death is found to have it's found by an independent autopsy ordered by um, Sandra's family, I believe. The time of death is found to have a discrepancy, leaving about an hour unaccounted for. Um, this could be, a representative of the, Sandra's family said, this could just be a clerical error, mm-hmm. or this could lead to something more nefarious. Now, there were motion-activated cameras in the area of her cell, and that's where we have this timeline from, the 6.30 a.m. Bref- breakfast mm-hmm. refusal. That, that's So that's when you can see.
1: Someone could have seen her doing all of this and did nothing
0: (laughs) right um and it also there that's what's what law enforcement ports points to to say well no one was in and out of her cell no one could have this couldn't be a homicide because no one entered her cell because the cameras would have been activated but we'll talk about that yeah that's Mm -hmm. (coughs) so in july negligent homicide (laughs) in july of 2015 Um, the FBI and DPS launched an investigation. So Insinia was first placed on desk duty for violating the traffic stop procedures, but was then fired following an indictment on perjury charges in February of 2016. Um, Perjury charges is a Class A misdemeanor, and he perjured himself um, on his written affidavit.
1: Still, he's fired from law enforcement. He probably can't get a job in law enforcement ever again. Mm. No. Well, who's record keeping? Oh my God, I gotta shut up. I'm well, sorry.
0: there's a. So he made his $2,500 bond, and the charges were later dropped off of his record as long as he never pursued law enforcement again. So they revoked his law enforcement license, or whatever. Okay. I so, see that.
1: But then that means what?
0: He has to go get another
1: career. I guess yeah. that sucks still. But this wow. is
0: the extent of his punishment. Bland's family pushed for more serious criminal 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 charges <laughs> like battery and false arrest. The battery, Assault? I think, is justifiable, but he also said he kicked her. So let's say those two null each other. Um, false arrest, 100%. It's very clear in the video. He never states why she is under arrest until... He puts her under arrest, slams her down on the ground, claims he kicks her, and then, oh, got it. I, I got it. Got it. That's why you're under arrest. That's C, I told you, right? Yeah. No. He, he arrested her without causation, and that's against the law. So in September of 2016, nine months after filing a federal wrongful death suit, Bland's family was set, or settled for $1.9 million, but no further charges were brought against anyone for Sandra's death. The grand jury refused to indict. Um, What? So Sandra's mother, mother, Geneva Reed Veal, spoke at the 2016 Democratic National Convention as part of the Mothers of the Movement group. Um, She spoke about Sandra, and she remains an activist. She spoke about why, why nothing happened. The same grand jury that decided not to indict is the same grand jury that or or the the same people that chose the people that were deciding to indict or not were the same people that chose not to bring. It's just, it was all, she was like, we were set up for a loss. Mm -hmm. This is, no one's going to choose to go after law enforcement. They're all going to protect them. And so um, before we go on to questions and theories, Sandra Bland, loved and missed, beautiful, smart, strong um, she always ended her video diaries with words of inspiration. Um, the following is a quote from a video she posted on April 3rd of 2015. Do what you can to be a positive light in someone's life. I hope that I've done that for you. Know that somebody loves you, somebody's out there praying for you, and hoping the best for you. And as she always closed her videos, quote, Sandy Speaks. So questions and theories. Um, racial profiling, we already talked about. Yes, I think yes, um, whether it be before the stop was even made. And that's why he stopped her for a minor. I mean, think about it, guys. Think about how many of you assholes don't click your blinker on when you change lanes. That's so many people. I, I fucking hate people who don't do that. And sometimes I don't even do it. So you just it's a, such a minor infraction. Um, was there a lawful arrest made? No, uh, no, because it, there would have never if she did kick him. Which I don't, I don't think she did from what I heard from the video. there I, At no point.
1: And if it was, it, it might have been minor.
0: Or oh, it might have been you an know accident. What I mean? Yeah. She and obviously
1: was fighting off a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised. But it may mm-hmm. not have been as, oh, she fucking kicked me in the balls. Yeah. Or she kicked my shin or my they face. They could you know? have
0: gotten her on a resisting arrest charge. Because the officer that came arrived on the scene afterwards, after she was like, I have epilepsy. She was like, well, that's what you get when you resist arrest. But then the, that's kind of thrown out and the kick is what is causing her arrest. But why was she in handcuffs in the first place? Mm-hmm. She you was have to not go back
1: to the whole. She was
0: a little bit verbally combative about the cigarette. But it, if you watch the video, it's about nine minutes in, 30 seconds in when he is at her car a second time about to give her the warning. And asked her to put the cigarette out. Within five minutes, it escalates to him screaming in her face and pulling out his taser. She's not physical with him. She, at this point, is not really cursing at him. She's, she asked him a question, and he immediately tries to force her out of her car. So the disconnect there is just astounding. Mm-hmm. I don't... So that, that arrest... She asks him, why am I under arrest? And from what we've seen, I guess. You're I, allowed to ask that. And I guess cops are allowed to not tell you, but <laughs> why was she under ben, arrest? What's the point? There's like, nothing even... that she did at that point that would warrant an arrest. Yeah. Nothing. And I Legally. Think, right. I think everyone can agree with that. Yeah. Um, so a, a conspiracy theory kind of about this case and this is why the video of her intake was released mm-hmm. um people theorized that due to her expression on her uh intake photo and kind of where her head is positioned it does if you look at it it looks like she could have been on the ground with her eyes propped open already dead and that's what people really speculated about and so that's when waller county was like god damn it guys all right we'll release the tapes and so they released the tapes and you can see it as her Alive during the intake process and then okay. booked into her cell. So that theory is not, no. Um, foul play. I'm not sure about that because she attempted, she told officers that she attempted suicide after a miscarriage she suffered. Mm-hmm. So there was an event that sprung that on. Friends and family that spoke to her in the jail cell, it had been a full three days. And they were getting closer and closer to securing the bond money and figuring out there was a bunch of shit that kept going wrong with the logistics and stuff. Um, To be half standing and to be hanging from a plastic, a small plastic trash bag. That to me, I don't think you could kill yourself like that. I don't know. I the the plastic bag. I feel like would have ripped yeah. at some point, and to be half standing, that means you're there's no. It might have been a slow hanging. I mean, if the hourly checks had been done, she wouldn't have died because they would have seen her fashioning that. They would have had time. Right.
1: That's why I said so. No one was looking at her doing any sort of activity. Right. So it I seemed
0: weird. Think. Uh, <laughs> someone people should have gotten in trouble Mm
1: -hmm. they
0: they should have been there should have been um repercussions for Mm -hmm. her death because it's a wrongful death that's why her family was awarded 1.9 million dollars but no criminal charges were ever brought it was a civil suit
1: i hate the wrongful death suits and i understand why they pursue it but i also think what dollar amount Equals the life of your daughter or your well, child, you know. When you think sister, about all the money
0: they spent, for sure. I know, to but it pursue things. They
1: would probably rather go without any sort of settlement and see that officer actually face trial I, and yeah, face some sort of prison time or something. So.
0: But when it gets to the point where you're for like, sure. no one's going to indict these motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. At least some I'm going to pursue this. I like, I,
0: there's some sort of justice. I guess so. Um, so I'm not sure if there's foul play. I really like. My gut kind of leans toward there negligence. being some sort of foul Definitely play, but negligence. for sure, that's my next point. What I do know is that the justice system failed by handing out mere slaps on the wrists for the people involved in her arrest process and in her intake and then in her care during the, the jail time. We're not um, surprised. Her death is 100% due to their negligence. Mm-hmm. Negligence. There's no getting around that. Um, People, I think, were justifiably outraged. I think the outrage that our nation saw, um, I think it matched the crime. And what's really sad is cases like this keep happening. Unarmed black people keep dying in the streets at the hands of law enforcement. And so, I mean, I didn't know how this case ended because we moved on to the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, people... People in her community, people who know her and loved her, people probably even in the Prairie View community, um, they probably didn't forget about this case. But the outrage, I think, could have spilled over and stuff really, really could have happened if the news cycle didn't click into something else. So but um, I think the riots, I think the protests, I think that was 100 percent justifiable. Um, Not all. Law enforcement are bad or unqualified. Definitely not. This officer was. He had only been a state trooper for a year. A little less than a year. So he hadn't been on the force very long before, and he already had had a disciplinary um, uh, mark on his record kind of thing. Exactly, yeah, for misconduct. Doing what? Uh, It was something that happened at a high school. I couldn't find exactly what, but (sighs) the article is all said as vaguely as possible. So he had had some... Whatever degree of trouble there were. So. He had a
1: passed some documentation that he wasn't
0: perfect. Right. Yeah. Which, who is in their job? Who hasn't had a write-up? For sure. But, but when it
1: comes to that kind of shit, you might want to make sure your record is spotless. Yes. But you.
0: And as a law enforcement officer, you're supposed to be protecting us. So I think they should be held to a higher esteem. They should be held to higher standards than your typical fucking manager at an office max mm. you know or you're or the person that they're arresting like yeah you're the law enforcement officer you're supposed to be held to a higher code of contact than than i mean a normal person
1: to be fair he was just a state trooper so mm. no slap in the face but
0: kind of <laughs> <laughs> not um, a real person so just kidding Sorry. was there misogyny <laughs> present potentially a fear of being undermined arrogance yeah i think so i, I think it's clear when you if you watch the video, watch his demeanor with her, watch his attitude with her before she cops and ad- like, yeah, she was kind of rude and she was argumentative. And I think most people now would look at that and say,
1: it's a recipe for disaster. It's
0: a recipe for a but black woman getting killed. Every yeah.
1: right to. I guarantee yes. you, if either of us did the same thing, yes. it probably would have turned into the same thing just because cops don't want attitude from anyone. Right. I don't really care Especially really, not a woman. what really race you are, because it's just. You're not cooperating, okay? Fuck off. But I think it was just—I uh, don't know what's the word—exacerbated. I don't even know mm-hmm. if that's the right word no, or amplified, no. or I don't—I don't even care because of her ethnicity. And- yeah,
0: I, I think it's definitely the conduct during the traffic stop from him, just the whole, just how quickly he wanted her to get out of the car after. Asking why she had to put her cigarette out. She hadn't refused yet. She just asked. So that leads me to think he was fucking butt hurt from getting pushback from a woman. And I think it's possible that he pulled her over for such a minor thing because she was a black woman. I, th- I think there was racial profiling and misogyny present, but this is all speculation. And I'm almost done with my... <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Officer Insinia claims that he was in fear of his safety. Bullshit. He had already. You're the one with the taser. And he a gun, had already man. threatened her with the taser before she did anything at all. So that's 100 percent bullshit.
1: Especially um, if she pulled out her phone, you could have thought it was a gun. You could have thought it was a taser yourself, and you didn't use it then. So obviously, you didn't really view her as a threat. No,
0: she already had her phone in her lap during the right. traffic stop. So yeah, you go and, and read she for was anything. An, she was in a dress. Shoot you. So, it's not like she could pull something from her waistband, which is something right. they love to use. I saw a movement toward the waistband like, "Fuck you, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. um, so I think negligence allowed her death, unlawful arrest, and assault caused it. um still doesn't make sense to me. it's suspicious, but I think it was an unlawful arrest, and the reason I think her blood is on their hands. it's on officer. I guess he's not an officer anymore. Brian and Cynthia's hands.
1: The county or
0: even arresting her for even escalating the situation like that. And I think it's on the county's hands for when the secondary their close officer negligence. for not
1: being like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Let her mm-hmm. go. Yeah. You know? Wait,
0: why did you pull her over? Wait, what happened? What's Will happening? she Yeah, cuz she yeah. was I mean, she was saying it the whole time. All of this for a traffic stop. I bet you feel real big now. I bet you real you fucking pussy and it's like I'm watching that and I'm like, yeah, I 100% agree with your sentiments Mm -hmm. i think her judgment sucked because you have to think of all i think we almost have to think of all males Mm -hmm. in general but especially male police and this is just a generalization i know police officers i know there are some great police officers but to keep yourself safe especially as a black woman you have to look at them as fragile scared tiny little men that can't handle any pushback they can't handle anything but yes sir don't even fucking look them in the eyes because they might think you have a little fucking crazy in your eye like just you have to be as meek as possible you have to lay down and let them do whatever and sometimes that isn't even enough so sometimes people are still shot in the back it's just and what's so
1: sad is that deep down we all know this is our right. We don't have to subject ourselves to a field sobriety test. We don't have to get out of our car. We don't have to let them search anything, nope. but we feel obligated to, for fear of inadvertently this. just still being fucking arrested yeah. and spending three days in jail and not getting medical treatment. And then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, everything else going downhill. So, exactly. uh,
0: she was one hunt. She yeah. was lawful and everything she was doing. The only thing that can be said about her is her attitude and and freedom of speech there you go exactly (laughs) i mean so this just all around was just fucking needless and i don't know how she died really asphyxiation is the official cause of death but uh.
1: until we know if there were any other psychological psychological aspects happening in her life that we don't know about was her medication you know, for her epilepsy, you know, not taking it affecting any sort of mental situation. Did she have a break? Did she, was she hallucinating? We don't know. And that's the only thing I can really think of because if she was suicidal about one incident, one miscarriage, that does not necessarily, I don't wanna, I wanna phrase this correctly. It does not m- make you a su- suicidal person right. forever. Right. It is one moment that many women have shared mm-hmm. through trying to get pregnant yeah um and the hormones that come in and out of all of that and the sadness and the depression so i mean i don't think that going and she was so headstrong during the arrest and through you know her attitude and just her general disposition of just being like this is bullshit so Mm -hmm. why would she i don't know it leads to major suspicion because you think why would she i don't want to say give up or or bitch out or anything like that because that's horribly inappropriate but Mm -hmm. what would cause her to just yeah. End it after yeah. fighting that whole time and clearly
0: being in the this right wasn't
1: the same situation as a miscarriage to lead to suicidal behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It leads to because when that's, you do look some at deep
1: seated f- evil, if you can get yeah. some fucking random jail corrections officers to how I don't like You don't even. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, I it's I mean, when you look at all the facts of the case, if she had brought this to court, I think it's likely I but think she, she could have won. She could have won. Yeah. So I don't know how damning that was seen by the arresting officer or any of the officers involved that would warrant murdering her. I I just don't know. The problem but is is that
1: she probably couldn't have even gotten to court because the times that they kind of tried to, the indictment didn't even go through.
0: Like it yeah, the grand jury backed out. So. Yeah, if after a, a fucking death, a wrongful yeah. death after a, a unlawful arrest and the grand jury still won't indict, yeah,
1: like who's to say I mean the county fired the guy, like what more evidence do you need? And audio and video, like okay. Mm-hmm. I I have one thing that I want to say because yeah. um I think and not really that it's important, but it was ironic. So have you ever heard of um my Richardson? Yes. I stopped that sounds to very familiar. Google this because 'cause I'm like, this sounds all too the same. So if anyone else is thinking of this I had to look it up really quick. So Mitrice Richardson was um, a, I thought that she was African-American, but maybe not. Regardless, um, she had been arrested in California for having wild misconduct at a restaurant. And then she was uh, arrested, taken to jail, blah, blah, blah. And then she was just. Dropped out on the streets of some part of Los Angeles. And then she died like 11 months. She was found dead like 11 months later.
0: Oh, my God. Like, police
1: literally dropped her on the street. If I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, she was just taken out of jail, left on the street, and she was found dead. And this is, is, is kind of exactly what this yeah. reminded me of, of just like, how does this happen? Mm-hmm. This girl has a little bit of erratic behavior. And how does this end up like this? Right. What are the dot? Connect the dots. Like, this is... Crazy, deep seated insanity to me.
0: And if Maitrice was black, I mean, it's it's very clear in our system and it's been recognized even by public officials, members of law law enforcement, that there is a deep seated racism. And yeah, she was African. Was she? Okay. So, especially against black people in our country, it's ingrained into every single facet of policy, fucking voter laws, gerrymandering. Like, it's just, it's so deep rooted. So, i don't think it's a big jump to Mm. say that a racially right yeah you know like i said his
1: the history hasn't given us any sort of inclination to think otherwise
0: exactly (laughs) yeah and you don't have two years of
1: black people keep dying all of that yeah exactly i
0: watched a video of that this lady posted um of a homeless dude uh young our age a homeless uh black dude in washington dc i believe it was it was recent the other day um and he's like, man, why? The, he, the cops patted him down and found a knife on him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, why do I, why? This, I, that's my protection. Like, why am I being arrested? Like, blah, 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 blah. And he's combative. And she's filming him. And she's like, you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to do what they say. You have to get down on the ground. They have killed us for less. Mm-hmm. You have to get down on the ground. It's like, fucking, it shakes you to your core. We're white. We, terrifying. we don't deal with that inherent fear. No matter but who even you are, when in I've that gotten pulled over,
1: it's still scary.
0: It's terrifying. Yeah, it's ter- Like the cop that pulled me over thought he saw. A pot- he was incredibly rude to me. But <laughs> yeah, I remember. This. I didn't once feel unsafe, and I didn't feel like I was going to go to jail because that privilege is just present. And
1: but you, it, I don't know. I I totally see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You 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 kind of in the back of your head know like I might get out of this, right? But there's also still that fear of like. Who knows? You see mm-hmm. all this stuff and hear all this shit in the news. It could happen to anyone. Yep. You just never her- know.
0: Yeah. And at an extremely high probability if you happen to be a black person. So that is, do you have any more to no, add? No, that's all. I, I You answered all my questions. Yeah. I crossed out everything. The only thing I wanted to talk about was my trees. So we're just going to say remember Sandra Bland. Remember her name and remember her story.
1: Mm-hmm. So on to mine. So I'm going to do something that we already know about if you guys listen to the intro that we haven't done. We've only done this once before, which was back in April when we did our April Fool's Day episode. Um, I'm going to do an out-of-state murder. So a brief backstory is that at my last job, I worked with a beautiful soul. Her name was Dre. Her name is Dre. Um, Yeah, that sound bad. Sorry. Oh, I know. I was like, wait a second.
0: You didn't tell me that. (laughs)
1: Um, Total gem. She's Halloween horror witch cacti lover goddess. She's great. Um so anyways last month she messaged me and said, "Hey, my husband told me about the murder of one of his childhood friends." Ugh. Um it really affected him, never really recovered from it or dealt with it properly. Uh you know, clearly had a big impact, etc. Uh she proceeded to give me the names of the victim, the killer and the city. And like I told you before, the city was in Longview, uh, I just kind of assumed it was Longview, Texas. But uh, when I looked it up, I realized it was uh, Longview, Washington. <laughs> but this case is totally up my alley. It has all my faves, which, as we know by now, are child rape and murder. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna still talk about it, and um, I know it's obviously important to her and her husband as well. So um, anyway, so I'm researching. I'm doing my thing, Google searches, whatevs, and I'm finding you know some good details here and there, but nothing super stand out until I find the ultimate random blog forum that linked me to the show Mindhunter. Now.
0: Like Netflix Mindhunter?
1: That's what I'm saying. You're thinking, yeah, 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 we all watched it, Netflix. But oh no. This is the OG Mindhunter, hosted by motherfucking John Douglas himself, who's essentially Ah. the father of criminal profiling, um, And I found it was like a weird MSNBC documentary video series thing from like the fucking archives of the Internet. And lo and behold, he interviews the killer in this case. Holy
0: shit. I
1: know. I feel like I somehow stumble upon these things every time. And it's so gratifying. Well, and
0: that's why I try to dig really deep into certain things on mine. I'm like, I never fucking find the shit Hannah Files. No, this was, I was
1: like, no. I was like, okay, like I told you before we started recording, uh-huh. it's like the same information on on each website. Yeah. And I was like, thank fucking God this happened. Saved it. Oh my yes. God. All right. So picture it, May 15th. 1985 Longview, Washington. Um, First of all, I also want to say, like, I, you, we already talked about this as well, that you kind of struggled with talking about Mina Bomar because it was a friend of yours. So I, uh, Dre and uh, Josiah, I hope that I do this justice. Um, This was terrible. So I hope that um, it comes out okay. Um, Third grader and eight year old Rima Traxler was walking home that Friday from her school, which was St. Helens Elementary. Reports claim that Rima had briefly stopped at a neighbor's home to show off her art project that she had made in class that day, and then continued on her normal route home. It's been 33 years since that day, and she has never been seen again. Mm -hmm. And this was the girl that he was friends with. Fast forward almost 12 years later, on January 4th, 1997, the body of 12-year-old Kara Rudd would be found off Mount Solo Road six whole weeks after her mother reported her missing. Kara's body was found shoved underneath an abandoned car in the woods. Yeah. Uh, the man who will later be known to the world as Rima's and Kara's murderer is Joseph Condro. With a K. Of
0: course it's with a K. Yeah, why not, right? Every bad thing is with a K. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's actually kind of funny. I was like, what stars of the K? I was like Kryptonite, Superman, KKK, obviously yep. Aryan Food Brotherhood. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Um Joseph would originally be from Michigan, born to a mother of Native American descent. I think I read that he was full Chippewa, I believe. Uh, mm. maybe I got that wrong, but fuck that guy. Um along with six other young children to care for. So most likely because of this, Joseph was adopted out to a white couple who lived in Castle Rock, Washington immediately at birth. I can't prove that that was the reason why he was adopted out but um i'm, I'm assuming so
0: i mean yeah seven That's a lot
1: of kids. um i'm not sure what the ages were and all that stuff so there is limited information on this stuff so just bear with me um he claims that his adoptive mother was very protective but he never felt like he fit in and was truly wanted So, yeah, sorry. (laughs) You mean
0: you were adopted, so that means you're inherently wanted, (laughs) but it's fine.
1: Uh, Joseph would recall that from early childhood, he had anger issues that launched a disturbing pattern of behavior. He began drinking at the age of seven, which obviously your adoptive parents maybe weren't the best. Yeah, or or if you do, I don't know. True, maybe. Uh, he began carrying a knife, fighting other kids, and killing neighbors' pets.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. there's one, hmm. one of the triad.
1: <laughs> Around that age is when he also started molesting young neighborhood girls, which, according to him, became a habit that he continued well into adulthood.
0: So he was, he was, he was molested. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: I don't, again, I I don't know. I think most likely it probably just stemmed from being adopted, to be perfectly honest, in mommy issues. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, he would fantasize about rape and murder as an adult, let me start over. He would fantasize about rape and murder as an adolescent and teenager. Shockingly, though, in later years, Joseph would marry and end up spawning six children into the world.
0: What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I couldn't find more information on that, um, like where he met his wife or what his family life with he and his children was like. But I'm assuming it was honestly relatively normal just based on the profile of him as a rapist that we'll kind of get into later.
0: Has anybody like checked on all those kids yet? One of them (laughs) actually
1: was filmed in the Mindhunter show and she seemed relatively normal. But what is these days?
0: I mean, because it sounds like he had one of the he had like the genetics
1: yeah definitely fuckery yeah.
0: yeah
1: jeez. um joseph would be called under suspicion when kara red the 12 year old girl i mentioned a minute ago disappeared due to the fact that he was the last person to be seen with her
0: oh look at that crazy
1: right this uh unfortunately wouldn't necessarily be a red flag for people because he was her big uncle. surprise close enough, was a friend of Kara's family, <sighs> which they called Uncle Joe.
0: Fucking vet your friends just a little bit harder. Just a little bit harder <laughs> 80s. Oh, wait, no, this is...
1: 96, 90s but still. still. Um, we all know that that isn't definitely or definitively, I guess I should say, a red flag. But because not... I don't know, it's not always an uncle or a family friend, but maybe back then it wasn't as much as a well-known factor that played into kidnappings and child rape profiles. That's true. It wasn't an
0: internet. Yeah.
1: According to Joseph, Kara knew him well, and she didn't feel threatened. Mm -hmm. He said that he and Kara would play cards together and described her as very energetic, but very defiant. During the interview when he said that part, it was uh, thoroughly creepy because of the tone he used. I don't know, it was... It was like he enjoyed that she was a a bad girl or a challenge How or old something. Was she? she was 12. So it was like on the precipice probably, you know, hitting puberty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of transitioning into a teenager woman like I think that the way he said it I just got a vibe of like yeah. it was a turn on that she oh, was yeah. not uh compliant. Yeah. He- or uh, she was compliant but she wasn't uh easy. She had an attitude yes. about her. She Yeah. yeah. I was grossed out. Made the chase a little bit more interesting. Yeah, the challengeful thing. Yeah, according to Joseph, at this point in his life, he was a raging alcoholic and drug user,
0: Mm.
1: having to suppress his rape and murder fantasies every day. But on this day, November twenty first, nineteen ninety six, he said he woke up and knew exactly what he was going to do that day, and had the full intention on finding Kara and murdering her. He drove by and picked up Kara at her school that day in his really disgusting gold Pontiac Firebird. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Nasty. Um, he said Kara seemed trusting and almost happy to be hanging out with him. Uh, in parentheses I wrote, I feel like he's almost just telling himself that because he actually believed it mm-hmm. or or something, you know. Um, he has a, a reoccurring theme that you'll see later using the word trust when speaking about his victims. He also uses the word victims, which is an interesting choice. It is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was maybe put on by lawyers and such and such, but Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's just so brainwashed to think that they were actually calm and okay with this. And perhaps they were calm and didn't suspect anything, but I think it could be a possibility that he's a little delusional in that Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. He told her that they were going to go for a drive by the banks of the Columbia River. Instead, he took Kara to an abandoned house near a popular swimming spot. But being that it was winter in Washington, the swimming area was deserted. This is where he would violently rape and strangle Kara Rudd until she died. Quote, I knew exactly what I was getting into. Exactly. I didn't care. I was playing on my victim's trust. That's a big thing, you know. When you do these kinds of crimes, the person has to trust you for you to lure them in. She had no idea that would be her last day alive on this planet.
0: Oh, yeah, that fucking, that got him so off. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Afterwards, Joseph would load Kara's body into his car and drive a little ways up the road. He dragged her body down a ravine, then wedged it under the shell of a red, rusted-out Volkswagen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Joseph had actually done a test run, in air quotes, when it came to killing Kara. He had picked up Kara many times, even with friends, and would take them to remote locations to hang out. On one of the trips, he said, quote, I was planning on raping and killing them both. Referring to Kara and the friend who had tagged along on the occasion. He claims that he had already picked the place where he would dump the bodies, a spot chosen on one of his many long drives through the dense forest around Longview. And his cruising was part of the game, a chance to savor the anticipation.
0: Sounds like uh, Kemper a little bit.
1: For whatever reason, that time he backed out and luckily that friend's life was saved. Um, police and over 80 volunteers searched for six weeks with no sign of Kara.
0: I bet he was fucking part of the search group.
1: Oh, just wait. Well. An investigator assigned to Kara's case would claim that he just had a hunch since he knew Joseph was the last person to see Kara alive and decided to go search the Mount Solo area where he was known to hang around. This is where searchers spotted Kara's black Reebok t-shirt inside the red VW then they found what was left of her corpse. This is actually kind of interesting. So an article says that after so much time had passed with her, uh, you know, remains out in the elements, that the police had little hope of recovering any evidence. But in a twist of fate that, you know, he the car that he had so lovingly uh, stuffed her under actually acted as a makeshift refrigerator, preserving oh. the lower half of her body.
0: Wow.
1: Right. So from this, the forensics lab recovered enough DNA from a semen deposit to connect Joseph Condro to Kara's rape and murder.
0: Fuck yeah, that's some really good police mm-hmm. work. Pretty cool. Man, Washington was killing it. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Literally yeah. killing it. Everyone's Ooh. fucking serial killer from Washington um so this is good before being arrested and charged he was actually already in jail facing charges of witness tampering and first degree child rape and molestation of three girls ages seven nine and ten what the fuck i so just wanted to add that little detail what in what was
0: his wife
1: right doing? <sighs> it's like God, all this is all the guys- shit that i want to know it yeah. could make so much more sense all these men have wives well we'll get into the profiles so it's actually pretty interesting Joseph would spend 18 months in jail before the prosecutor would offer him a plea deal in the case of Kara Rudd. At this point, there were numerous missing children and child sex crimes that fit his M.O. that were kind of swirling around the area. And they knew that Joseph Condro could be culpable, wait for it, in upwards to 70 other rapes. Seventy. They also knew that it wasn't a coincidence that Joseph was, yet again, a friend of Rima Traxler's family as well. This is when basically the DA says, "Look, we'll take the death penalty off the table and only give you 55 years if you admit to raping and murdering both Kara and Rima." He accepts. Um, so this is his account of what happened to Rima Traxler. Joseph said that one afternoon he ran out real quick to the store for uh, beer and cigarettes. Um, oh, and quick reminder: he was uh, only 25 That's in 1985.
0: I, yeah, when, when this you happened. said 55 years, I was like, that he. Get this out pretty young.
1: first one that we're allegedly saying is his first one. He was 25 years old. Um, and just that morning, <laughs> this is also great, he had just been over at Rima's stepfather's house drinking, just drinking in the morning with her stepdad. Oh, wonderful. He spotted Rima walking home from school with her art project and, quote, I pulled over and thought, if she gets into my car, I'm going to take her out to the woods. And then she just jumped in. <sighs> So this is the honestly kind of the saddest part of the story, in my opinion, because Rima actually didn't just jump in his car. Reema was uh, raised with heavy emphasis on stranger danger. Her mother had given her a password to use on adults when they would approach her or attempt to have any interaction with her. Good mom. So example, Joseph Condro drives up, asks her if she needs a ride or whatever. He said, we really don't know. And even though she may recognize him from seeing her with her stepdad or on the home, she asks him, what's the password? So essentially, if the adult is trustworthy, then they'll know the password and she'll be safe with them. If they say the wrong password, then she's aware this person basically can't be trusted. However, this is only effective if the password is never told to anyone but the parent and the child. Mm. But what do you know? Joseph got Rima's stepdad drunk enough that he told him the password was unicorn.
0: Yep.
1: So when he pulls up beside uh, Rima, she asks for the password, and he responds correctly with unicorn.
0: So her guard is just completely yeah. down at that point. She's well, like, she they already sent him recognizes get me. Yeah. him,
1: and then she's like, okay, the password's fine, whatever. I don't know what he said to her to you know convince her even still to get into the car, but whatever. Um, very consistent with his mo, he takes Rima to yet another swimming hole near Germany Creek. So this is before this is over 10 years prior to Kara Rudd, okay? So okay. this is clearly uh, his shtick. He then proceeds to rape, bludgeon, and strangle Rima to death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He buried her behind a tree in miscellaneous debris. Uh, when Rima didn't return home from school, her mother, I don't know if it's Danielle or Danelle, there's no I in there, so I'm not entirely certain how you pronounce that. Um, she actually went to Joseph for help. Oh. Quote, she asked me if her daughter was there. She started crying, and Ugh. she actually, oh, my God, this is terrible. She actually used my phone to call in the missing persons report on Rima.
0: I That fucking got him off so hard, too.
1: Unfortunately, like I mentioned before, uh, Rima's body has never been recovered. God damn. Family and friends couldn't believe that he was involved in the killings of Rima and Kara and were also tormented with the fact that there was a little over a decade between their deaths, leaving room for a plethora of other rapes and murders.
0: Yeah, you don't just stop that kind of thing.
1: Joseph is a self-proclaimed sadist. Quote, I'm a sociopath, psychopath. I've done a lot of weird things. I can't remember, or excuse me, I can remember as a little kid being sexually deviant with kids in the neighborhood, and it never stopped. My victims never got older. I've been a serial child rapist ever since I was a child myself. If you hook up a meter to my emotions, they're flatlined. I don't know where my emotions are. I couldn't give a damn what anybody thinks. That's uh, pretty telling. Mm -hmm. When asked by John Douglas what the motive behind, behind his crimes was, he responded. This is kind of honestly like the worst thing in my opinion because it's just so fucking nonchalant. Quote, I think it is just the convenience of the situation, you know. Children are very trusting, and I was close to their family members. You know, I just played their trust. It was an easy target, and I was in control when a lot of people in my life was trying to control me. You try and kill a stranger, and they always fight back. I wanted everything to run perfectly, and it did. I was abusing everyone around me, and I would have kept killing. I felt real comfortable about killing.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So Joseph Condro claims he wants closure for his victims and their families, and he felt guilty for his crimes. However, when asked if he could go back and do anything different, he just replies, quote, I should have hid her body better. So that's nice. Clearly, no guilt is actually being felt no. with that kind of statement. Anyway, um, since he took a plea deal, from what I read, there wasn't a formal hearing or trial. He basically just had to give the details of the rapes and murders of uh, Rima and Kara in front of a judge and possibly even their families, but I can't confirm that, but that's kind of usually how that works. Um, Joseph Condra would die in prison in 2012 at the age 52, and a local man from Longview is quoted saying, he's burning in hell right now. I hope he suffered. Uh, Rima Danette Traxler was born on November 9, 1976, and died on May 15, 1985. She would have celebrated her 42nd birthday just a few days ago. Mm. Um, this is the description in her kind of missing persons thing that I think I want to I'll just read because it's part of everything you find when you Google her. Uh, Rima had a light colored birthmark across her right shoulder blade. She had a half inch scar under her chin. Her hair was down to the middle of her back at the time of her disappearance. Rima was wearing a pink shirt, plaid tan skirt, white tights, dark brown clogs and a rainbow colored barrette in her hair. Mm. Kara Patricia Rudd was born on March twenty sixth, nineteen eighty four, and died on November twenty first, nineteen ninety six. And uh, I think we both want to express our condolences to all the other children who possibly fell victim to Joseph Condro that we'll never know about. Yep. Um. So basically, kind of just going into questions and theories. Um. I have a smidge to say about this if we really want to get into it. But this case was on the shorter side, limited information. Um. But uh. My main question in theory is regarding what type of rapist he was. So I had to recently write a paper about the different types and categories of rapists. And I even Mm. went back and listened to the episode where I talk about Gilbert Escobedo, the Mm. uh, ski mask rapist in Dallas. And during that episode, we actually were both really confused on his behavior and demands and kind of essentially his style of rape. Um, They believed that Gilbert was a power reassurance rapist which explains a lot of his uh kind of sweet talk and sort of does this feel good do you like this kind of stuff he needed validation and reassurance from his victims that he was basically doing a good job even though it was rape yeah if that makes sense yeah so my question is what type of rapist do we think Joseph was so there is power assertive there is power reassurance anger retaliation and anger excitation so power we assertive sorry yes i was going to say we can Totally get rid of the anger ones, and obviously we can get rid of the power reassurance ones. So I agree. I uh, definitely think that he's a power sort of rapist. So yeah. would you like me to read a profile on the power sort of rapist really quick? Yes. All right. So this is coming directly from basically a 20-page document that I had to read called Profiling, Kill- "Profiling Killers: A Revised Classification Model for Understanding Sexual Murder." So this is the kind of shit that I have to read for school. Okay. <laughs> Which is, like,
0: really interesting, but it's also, <laughs> yeah. and then for fun, you read about child rape and murder, right. so exactly. your brain gets Kinda no weird. break.
1: <laughs> there are other classification models, but this one, in my opinion, is the most thorough. So, the homicidal pattern in the power sort of murder is characterized by the desire of power needs through sexual assault and murder. Once the perpetrator has decided to commit either the initial or repeat rape and murder, the methods for victim selection and acting out will be determined by previous experience. The stress of internal pressures and opportunity, which are all three make sense for Joseph.
0: Yeah, to a T.
1: So, according, um, accordingly, in selecting the victim, the perpetrator may choose one by opportunity or surprise. Often, the victim is a stranger who is available by surprise on the street. That makes sense. Or through breaking and entering in the home. Uh, when the victim has been assaulted on his or her ter- own territory, the body is left undisturbed alternately when the victim has been abducted from an outside location the killing and disposal sites vary hence both of the girls Mm -hmm. that is when the killing was perpetrated elsewhere the body was generally dumped Mm. the victim male or female may show evidence of bruises from beating and pummeling at the death scene just like rima yep because the crime scene reflects his image of being in the clear from suspicion he can emotionally detach himself from any responsibility for the murder and repeat it within a short time span um Yeah. Uh, Although he remains intellectually precocious and alert, his desire for power will demand credit for the killing. That is, the murder does not count unless someone else knows or suspects him of the killing, which I think is one of the most fucked up parts of this profile. Yeah. Um, Therefore, due to his need for glory and recognition, he may betray his secret to a bar patron, fellow worker, admirer, cellmate, and sometimes the police. Mm. Um, in the power assertive type of killer, um, an offender is usually in his early 20s, just like Joseph, and somewhat emotionally primitive. Therefore, he is often a bodybuilder, which he was very uh, macho, macho. Huh. Portrays a muscular image, tattoos. Um, although heavy use of alcohol and drugs may be used to bolster the uh, offender's courage and power, he does not abuse these substances to the point of blacking out, so he can still be in control. In demonstrating his potential for power, he has a history of perpetrating crimes such as burglary, theft, and robbery, which he had. So, basically, that was all. Joseph Condro can check off the majority of the boxes when it comes to that profile. Um, Be more
0: fucking original, bro.
1: Right. Um, (laughs) That's. I just wanted to kind of prove a point that he wasn't just like a random guy. He probably did this more times than we'll ever know. Yeah. Because of his plea agreement. Um. We can go into... Do you have any other questions? Otherwise, I'll close it out. I was going to say, if you have any other thing that you want to say?
0: I mean, I have that fucking, like... Fuck, plea deals sometimes because there's no fucking way that he... There was just a 10-year gap. There are other murders. For sure. And I think he liked to be near it. He liked to be... In a position where he could watch the destruction unfold, mm-hmm. I think that fucking, I think that helped get him off. That kind of feels like that power assertive type thing. Well, and that's
1: what John Douglas was asking him. He was like, "I've met, you know, rapists and killers like him, but the shocking part was he said that he kept picking." People yeah. that he knew. Every now and then you'll get one of maybe the first starting off ones who will get that they know them because it's easy. they're easily more accessible mm-hmm. or whatever. But after a while, if you're really into it, you just don't fucking care. And he said, this guy kept doing it. And obviously he's going to keep his mouth shut. He can't talk about the other ones because that'll put his you know death penalty
0: right back on the table exactly well like but how many other families was he connected to or kind of connected to by like i don't know a friend of a friend and this daughter was always playing at the house of the people he had six
1: fucking kids i'm sure he had tons of people and parents and children that he knew
0: like how many children did he molest Mm -hmm. or murder was this widely
1: publicized i mean i literally maybe found 10 articles on it and like i said before they all kind of listed the same thing and it was mainly about when he died in prison
0: the, well, do you think it's possible that there are victims parents that knew him and knew of him and if they
1: knew that he was maybe but again this was the 80s and 90s no one's gonna walk up to their kid and be like hey did this guy touch you right they might be like oh shit let's stay away from him but i unfortunately think that most likely people wouldn't have asked their children about
0: it probably not or if their children said something they wouldn't have believed right
1: in. yeah so Fuck. um in closing i know that this case was supposed to kind of be more about the victims but unfortunately there wasn't copious amounts of information like i hope there would be i know we kind of focused a bit more on joseph and why he did what he did but let's uh never forget the people that matter most which are rima and kara and who else who, we don't know who else. So. Yeah. Um, kind of crazy. There's uh just another one we can add to the list of fucking crazy. Washington State being psychotic. Yeah. You know. So.
0: Man, fuck you, Joseph. I want to call him Cunster, but I know <laughs> his last name just starts with a K. So I'm just thinking. He's, he's just. Oh, he's nasty. Yeah. Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I hope he died a slow and painful death, mm-hmm. alone and with no ounce of happiness.
1: I think he just died by natural causes, from what I read, really? but.
0: Probably. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He got to serve less than half of his prison sentence. Mm. Yeah. Awesome.
1: um, Okay. Before we close out, I'll read the very fast uh, November victims list. So, weirdly enough, we have two on the same date. Oh. Uh, So, 11-14-2015, we have Austin, Nathan, Cade, and Thomas Camp, and Hannah and Carl Johnson. And then, again, on 11-14-2015... This is the uh, anonymous victim of Pearl Moen who's still alive but still mm. want to remember her. And then uh eleven twenty one nineteen ninety six, Kara Rudd. So sorry to end it on a bummer, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the, what we do, the whole premise of our show is yeah. a major bummer. For sure. But oh. still that
1: one was kind of extra. There was no I didn't I didn't make it as lighthearted as I maybe should have. <laughs> sorry. That's okay um yeah anything else you want to say no next week we next week is thanksgiving yes and we have an episode for next week yes we're about to record it oh yeah sorry we uh we skipped a couple yeah just i'm gonna change it right now we'll be back at some point with more texas true crime yeah (laughs) and are we just oh no i've just meant like whatever yeah (laughs) um so whatever you want to go for it episode 40 I
0: always forget uh so that closes out episode 40 thanks you for thanks listening you. um you will find uh pictures uh, related to these crimes on our social media mm-hmm. Texas 1031 podcast on pretty much everything yeah um donate to our paypal if you feel so inclined mm-hmm. email us uh with case suggestions sure. to make us give you more episodes quicker um and i guess i think that's it
1: yeah we'll be back at some point at some point with more texas true crime and And if if anyone's anyone's listening listening, happy happy halloween Halloween. happy
0: thanksgiving (laughs)